what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ken Smith. Certified Financial Planner and your host. Today I have Ethan Broga with me, who's my co-host and also a Certified Financial Planner. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. How's it going? Good to see you. Good. Very good. Thank you. Good to be here. This show is designed to share with you smart and prudent investment and financial planning ideas and concepts. We want you to make a, a lifetime of smart financial decisions we help our clients do the, do so in our practice at Empirical, and we want you to do so as a listener of the show. Ethan, uh, you know, we have a U2 playing in the background coming in and out. We went to the concert over the weekend together. A couple we did. of guys hanging out. That's right. Huh? It was fantastic. It was good, huh? Oh, it was, it was great. It was fantastic. It really was great. Yeah, those guys are good. They, they, they definitely do a good job. Um, yeah, it was very a, enjoyable. It was a perfect night for it. The weather was fantastic. It was a Quest Field here in Seattle. Yeah, uh, sold out show. Uh, it was just great. Could, couldn't have been much better. Yeah. Well, Ethan, today I thought we could start off with uh, you know maybe some vault like items, items that uh, we do on the show where we we gather data from the media at large, other professionals in the industry that that put themselves out on financial. Websites or um, media. Sounds and, good. Um, we, uh, well, I thought we could just discuss some of this. The market's been. Uh, Hang on. I'll grab it. Yeah, let's go ahead and open that vault. We're going to put these items in and uh, later we'll pull them out. Perfect. And it's a little exercise that we would recommend that you do if you're out there doing investments, doing investing on your own. Uh, or you're listening to someone who's of the opinion that they can predict the future, make make decisions rather than build a portfolio that is designed to get you through good times, bad times, and really unpredictable times. Uh, their notion is that they can predict the future and get the get the investments structured in a way that takes advantage of unknown events. We could just ask you to to keep a record of of the predictions and the impact they have. And ultimately, then compare that to a more tra- traditional buy and hold approach. Yeah, um, you know, 
Yeah, we've seen lots of studies on, on that type of thing. Most of us aren't really good at keeping an honest inventory of, of the consequences of our decisions, uh, particularly when it comes to investing. So it isn't uh, you know, an issue with anyone in particular, but rather it's just a, a trait that we all have. We all have this, uh, this, this way of under or rather overestimating our, our own abilities at times. And keeping a, an honest track record of that will help you uh, measure your own performance. Uh, it, to me, this is, this is the yardstick question. You've got to measure using the right yardstick. That's right. I mean, if you want to make more money in the long run, cash-producing uh, cash idea here is start to track how accurate your, your, your predictions are. Because what, what we do have, as you mentioned, Ethan, the psychological uh, bias of, of downplaying the number of times that our predictions don't come true or are wrong mm-hmm. and emphasizing the, the times that we were correct. So if we were making day-to-day predictions about the direction of the stock market, we should be close to 50% on a very, you know, on day-to-day periods of time uh, accurate. But I think most of us would be, and it'd be a simple exercise to do, just start writing it down, do it for a month. Is the market going to go up? Is it going to go down today? And really hold yourself accountable. I think that you'll be surprised with the results of this exercise. And if you did it long enough, I think what you, what you would do is begin to have an eye-opening experience, not necessarily an epiphany of sorts, although I know that's what you were thinking, Ethan, <laughs> um, but more of an <laughs> eye-opening exercise to say, hey, uh, the definition of insanity, according to Einstein, was doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And if you're doing the same thing over and over again, but you're not really sure what the results are, it's kind of hard to ever make forward progress. Right, and I, I would also mean or, or add that you want to have an, an honest interpretation and versus a benchmark of what, what you could have done otherwise. So let's say you're picking stocks. Like, Ken, you're talking about timing, uh, just calling positive versus negative days. Um, perhaps another thing would be to take your particular stock pick or investment that you're, you're using and compare that to a, 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 a very reasonable benchmark uh, of, of some alternative investment you could have done. Right. You know, if you were going to buy a, a stock that's part of the S&P, well, track that versus the S&P 500, right? Uh, that might be a reasonable way to do it. And make sure it's over the exact same time interval. That's true. Right? And then you actually know, hey, well, that worked out or didn't work out, you know? All these would be great ideas. Sure. Um, most of us don't have the time or patience to do that. The right. reason why we don't, right, why why don't most investors know what their return has been? Mm-hmm. It, it's time and effort. It's not an easy calculation. Yeah. And it's it's easier to kind of fly by your in- instincts and go with your gut feel. The problem is the meter is wrong. You know, it's kind of like driving a car where the where the, the speedometer isn't accurate. You know, it it you're 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 always going faster than what the speedometer reads. Eventually, you're not going to have great results with that until you get the speedometer fixed. Right. Where you recognize the problem, it may be when you get pulled over. And for a lot of people, they get pulled over numerous times, and being pulled over is continuously underperforming, either just sticking with a diversified stock and bond portfolio, or they underperform an all-stock portfolio, or they underperform an all-bond portfolio because they're constantly bouncing around, just drifting out in, in the open sea, as it were, Ethan. <laughs> nice work. So, 
Yeah, yeah, you know, the, these are the, re- the real basic elements of starting to make a lifetime of smart decisions. Do I know how often I am correct when I make predictions? Most people don't keep an accurate track record of that, and right. so they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and already they're off to a bad start. So let, we're talking about vault items. I was had the TV on last night, and I saw uh, a PBS show. And they had uh, Susie Orman, one of the, you know, financial... I don't know what you call her exactly. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure what her education or credentials are as it relates to financial advice. I just know that I'm often frustrated when I hear her talking. Um, and there seems to be a very high correlation with her mouth moving and me getting upset. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we can run some kind of statistical we have Steve our, our chartered financial analyst run some statistical analysis on that maybe put some probes on you Ethan <laughs> but um, you know this is kind of what I hear when she's talking a lot of the time <laughs> so um, I you know I, I just get frustrated because she throws out these statements that are so um specific that and I and I'm just hoping that people realize Ethan you know we'll, we'll put this in the vault but again who's holding her accountable you know now one of the things that I had heard she, that she had said recently was about hey the American dream is dead and home ownership you know is a is a bad idea nobody should be buying a house right now right right um, this is a time where interest rates are at historic lows um Real estate, while it's still going down, isn't anywhere near the prices it had reached at the peak of the bubble. Right. And I certainly you or I are not suggesting anybody go out, run out, and start putting every ounce of money that they have into real estate and leveraging it and borrowing as much. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're saying. But for somebody that wants to buy a single-family home to raise a family in, were there worse times to maybe buy a house? Possibly. I think so. Um, to go out and say that nobody should be doing it, it, it is a little extreme. Yeah, I think it's a little kooky. I, I, I'm a kind of, kind of person who who thinks that extremes are things to be avoided, and one blanket statement that's right for everybody doesn't make sense to me. Everything has to be boiled yeah. down to, at least it should be, boiled down to their own personal circumstances as to that's a right decision or not decision. You know that's, what I mean? Yeah, that's how I feel. Is that you know, and and, it, and that's where the real value I think of. I want to have this theme throughout our show here today, Ethan, of of having somebody that's a professional to talk to that's not necessarily have an axe to grind or needing to create some kind of a stir here. I, I'm not really sure exactly what the agenda is, if it's selling books or, or what she's got going. But last night it was that everyone should defer uh, taking Social Security as long as, as they possibly can. And in itself... The concept of evaluating deferral, you've talked about it. We're writing a little article about it that's going to go in our communication this quarter. That's right. Although I don't know that decision is is correct for everyone. And it it followed with uh, the, the, the logic was, well, you should do that because the market, nobody that's investing in the market should expect, and she said, over the long run, over the long term, a return greater than 4%. Now, I didn't hear her qualify that with 
on an inflation adjusted basis, you know, the real return. Right. Um, not sure exactly what part of the market she defines as the market. Mm-hmm. Is that every stock in a market, an index that owns every U.S. stock? In our world, the market represents the entire globe. And then you make some adjustments to that global weighting based on targeted premiums. Maybe you want to look for a, a, a higher returning portfolio. So you might wait towards emerging markets or small companies or something that has more risk. There's always that risk-return relationship. Mm-hmm. Don't ever feel like there's some free lunch out there. But there is that relationship. But to say that over the long term, you know, I, I would rather have her say nobody knows over the long term exactly what market stock market returns are. But me, Susie Orman, in my view, I'm very pessimistic, and I believe, for reasons I'm not willing to share on this little on the program she was doing, that that market returns will be four percent over the long. And what is the long term to you, Ethan? Is that a year from now? Is that ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years? Yeah, long term. I think beyond thirty years would be pretty long term. Beyond thirty years, yeah. right? Okay. So if someone's making a decision about taking Social Security, and we're saying long term. I think a lot of times it, there's confusion about what that is because I think clients, I mean, you tell me, then you work with, you do a lot of financial planning, yep. but once they reach age 60 plus, mm-hmm. long-term to them is, hey, I don't have a long, my lifetime isn't a long-term, but we may we may have a different view of that. Certainly, yeah. I mean, if you're 60, I mean, in our projections, we normally go to 100 uh, and at least 90 in terms of the age. Okay. So, yeah, if you're 60 and you're targeting, targeting 90, uh, as the end of your life, although that's 30 years still. That's a lot, a long time. Well, Ethan, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back in on this discussion about Susie Orman. I know we had some other predictions to put in the ball. Okay. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Are there any challenges to your success? You already have what it takes to turn these challenges into results in any area. Find out more when you tune in to The Power of Realism, Why Integrity Matters, with host Jeffrey Canavan. We all deal with adversity and challenges in life and business. We'll talk with those individuals who have faced these challenges and turned them into success stories. By making just a few shifts in your thinking, you too can be one of these success stories. The Power of Realism airs live on Thursdays at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. 
We are talking about smart ideas, and we're putting items in the vault, and we're talking about, while we're doing it, we've been talking about tracking uh, an exercise for you to do as an individual investor. If you feel that, that the markets are predictable or, or you feel that your, your, your gut instinct, instinct tends to be right more often than not about the general direction of markets and your returns, we're, we're, we're suggesting that you go through an exercise. If you can do it for 30 days, that'd be great. If you can do it for six months or a year, that'd even be better. But just write down every thought or prediction that you have good or bad, and be honest with yourself and track it, and then look at the, the, the results. And so going to the break, Ethan, we were, we were talking about Susie Orman mm-hmm. and how on, on the show, you know, she was saying that she makes these blanket predictions, basically, about the market, and she was saying, well, hey, people should defer Social Security as long as possible because the increase that they'll get in that deferment by waiting your monthly payment goes up but on the flip side you have a payback period then because you're foregoing current payments now so maybe it's instead of 1200 bucks a month that i could have been taking it i wait a year and i wind up getting 1400 a month well i missed out on a year's worth of 1200 dollars payments so there's a payback period there right right but she was saying well the the increase in the investment, and, and our debate is not about deferring Social Security, other than that should be a very individualized recommendation. Yeah, I mean, clearly, if you're, you, maybe uh, maybe you are sick, no, you're ill, you have some other issue, right? Yeah. Your life expectancy is not, is, is well below average. Well, then, would it make sense to do that? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe there's not. a lot of uh, reasons why you want to think about that. Definitely. But the real point that I was making, and we were getting, I would get frustrated about, is the comments like the market, every almost to the extent that everyone should know, the market's only going to do, over the long run, four percent is what she said. Right. And um, you know sometimes it's just the things she says are so ridiculous that this is. I found a clip on a break here, Ethan. I want to play for you. Okay. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> What's the clip from? One more time. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Crazy <laughs> pills. That's a pretty good clip. What, what's the What's the name pills. of that movie? Oh, that's from Zoolander. That's, <laughs> right. um, you know, of course, the Yeah, when he says it's um, the same look, right, or something. Yeah, when he keeps doing the same look, and it's like, hey, I, that's how I feel sometimes. That's why I was looking for them. Like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Because these people are making these predictions and these ridiculous statements yeah. that are wrong so much of the time, but then nobody nobody notices. Right. Like nobody comes back and drags her out onto the carpet and says, "Hey, you're, you know, we're talking about the house thing." She was saying about how it's a horrible time to buy houses. Um, right. That's or nobody. The American dream is dead. No one should be buying houses. And right. Just extreme she, statements like that are just yeah. They're just away. it's crazy, right? Yeah. Hey, real quick, Ethan. We never gave out our kind of contact info oh yeah said what we're doing and all that and we stopped there of course yeah we uh, can we'd love to hear from you guys uh, from our listeners out there um if you would like to give us a call or or contact us via email with a particular question or if you'd like to engage us with a, an hourly pl- financial planning question or anything of that sort we'd be happy to speak with you um you can reach us at at contact at empiradio.com or here directly in the seattle office at 800 923-4307.
And feel free to ask for myself, Ethan, or Ken, and uh, just mention the radio, and we'd be happy to speak with you. Yeah. Hey, Ken, real quick. Okay. One other thing. I, on the break here, you asked me to look up the 10-year, the or the, at least the Treasury yields here now. And the 10-year Treasury is currently priced to yield 2.99%. Uh, and the 30-year uh, is, is yielding 4.25%. How much on the 30? 4.25. Okay. So basically, if we're buying a 30, we were saying, what? what is long term? Yeah. She doesn't really define that. Is it next year? Was she saying that two years ago at the market bottom, you know, or March in 2009? Right. Was she saying that? I don't I don't know. I don't have all of all that data. I'd like to, you know, be interesting. Um, but... Long term to us, and we were saying, hey, for most uh, people, it's interesting because as they near retirement, they, I think, believe that they don't have a long term. Mm-hmm. But if if we're talking about being invested, and we were to look at history as a guide, and we were looking at market returns, stock market returns, we'd say, yeah, there are certainly are periods of time where the market has done four percent for ten years, twenty years, um, in some cases, but it's it's less frequent and it's very difficult to predict that there also been times where the market's done very very well for extended periods of time right uh the real question that a person has to ask themselves if they are investing for a long period of time Mm -hmm. and the more valuable question is not what unpredictable news can we uncover um, or future event that's going to happen that's going to change the market in one way or another because Susie Orman doesn't know any better than, than you know, my, than your, uh, well, you don't really have any pets, do you? You have a fish or something? I do have a couple of goldfish. Oh, yeah. Then your goldfish do about what's going to happen to the economy next year, much less over the long term. The longer the term, it's pretty hard to predict, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. what, what's going to happen. Although there, there is a tendency for this risk-reward rela- relationship to work out over the long run. So if you're making bets and you're saying, hey, the Treasury's at four, the 30-year Treasury's at 4.2, right. um, the market should, now focus on the words should, generate a return or an expected return that's higher than that. And the primary reason is you're taking on risk. And the more, like, for example, recently the market's been going down. Yep, last several weeks. And why is it going down? Is it because people feel more concerned or less concerned about future stock prices and future economic prospects? Yeah, right. Well, they're, they're more concerned, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're perceiving that there's more risk. And so they're driving the prices down because now, in order to hold stocks, I want to I <coughs> be more sure that I'm going to get the premium over risk-free assets. Mm-hmm. So the more risk or uncertainty there is further prices get hammered down and the higher the expected return tends to be. Right. If we believe that yes, there will be earnings in the future like right, there will be economic continued economic growth over a longer period of time and on a global basis. So I mean we take issue with a lot of things that she says or or omits in those kinds of predictions is that the U.S. market Mm -hmm. because we don't ever recommend that someone just invest in the U.S. market and our examples of that are over the last 11 years from January of 2000 to now, there are globally diversified portfolios that have done significantly, if not staggeringly, better 
than just owning the U.S. stock market. That's right. Doesn't mean we didn't go through two recessions in the United States and a global recession or almost depression. And yet still, there was portfolios that could have built that over that last 11 years have averaged 10% per year in passively managed investment vehicles that didn't require you to do a lot of market timing or rotations. Mm -hmm. Um, So why wouldn't someone take advantage of that stuff, Ethan? Those are good questions. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm dumbfounded. Okay, well, we've got a few minutes before the next segment. Let's go to your next. What what other vault items do we have here? Well, one thing I wanted to just uh, kind of uh, uh, extrapolate on. Yes, yeah, so let's extrapolate. Yeah, the, uh, the 4% comment. <laughs> in essence, what Susie is saying apparently is that the U.S. stocks, or I presume it's U.S. stocks, or the stocks in general, will produce a 4% rate of return. Well, you can get a higher return, in essence, with 30-year bonds right now. Like if you're an investor and you really think equities are only produced a 4% rate of return over the next 30 years, you wouldn't do it, right? You'd go out and buy these 30-year treasuries at 4.25%. Right. So there's really, it's an, it's an odd it's an odd thing. It isn't the way it normally works. Over longer terms especially, you'd expect that stocks would have a risk premium above what that same duration or time period of bonds are, are, are expected to return. Well, yeah, the longer the time frame, if you look at the odds of it, the the, the average return moves to the right in the bell curve, right? The, right? There's a positive expected return, and then there's a distribution of returns around that positive expected return. So the expected return is not zero, and then you have half the outcomes falling above that and half the outcomes falling below that. Right. The expected return, right, is pos- has been positive, and then you've got a, a, a variety or a variance of outcomes on, on each side. Mm-hmm. Um, and the longer the time frame, you know, if you go out to a 30-year period, and I don't have the exact data in front of me, but I know on the downside of it, it's 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 been a, a situation where it's positive, not negative. There are no negative. Um, if we just took the S&P 500, mm-hmm. which, again, is not our universe, but if we did do that, I don't believe you can find a 30-year period where you had a negative 30-year return. Right. Are you, are you aware I'm of that? I'm not aware of any. Okay. So, um, I think on the low end, it, it's I'd have to look at that. Let's we'll pull that up on the break for the last segment. Okay. And come back with that data. Well, just real quickly here, this I'm gonna put. We're gonna put this in a vault. Ten best. I, I was. I got a new uh, Droid phone recently. My man Simon helped me make that decision. It's got all kinds of nifty applications. So I went to my little um, Google financial news thing there, Ethan, and I saw on there. This article, it's a top 10, when I was checking, I just want to see what the market was at. Right. Um, I don't make any decisions based on that, but I do like to know where it's at. Uh, anyway, top 10 best rated U.S. listed Chinese stocks. And it gives a list of them, and it says, below are the top 10 best rated U.S. Chinese stocks based on the number of positive ratings by brokerage analysts. Uh, Ethan, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to just extrapolate as you say extrapolate <laughs> on that and uh and we'll talk about whether this is a good idea to follow these kind of, this kind of advice or a bad idea we'll be right back when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network 
Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to It's Your Money with host Bill Pfeifferlich. You'll get an eye-opening education about some of the misconceptions of the financial world. If you are a business owner, working professional, or successful American, you will benefit from the information on our program. Our guests will include financial service professionals, international tax and estate attorneys, and CPAs. We'll identify solutions that you can implement now to get the most of your money. Tune in Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for It's Your Money on Voice America Business. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, and we're back. Empirical Investing Radio. Uh, your co-host, Ethan Broga. I have uh, Ken Smith here as well. Maybe before we get started, Ken, to the next segment, I'll go ahead and get our contact information out one more time. Go ahead. Does that sound okay? Sounds super. Let's do it. Uh, you can reach us via email at contact at empiradio.com or here at the local office in Seattle at 800-923-4307. And maybe we can move this board over here next time so I can read it off the... Uh, He's craning his neck here, My bro. neck hurts. His neck is, is hurting. I'm just kidding. He, he's in pain. So what's the next? Uh, we're going to continue on with our discussion here, Ken. You're going to roll out some uh, predictions from an email alert, it sounds like, that you got, right? What? Oh, I thought we were talking about your neck. No, I'm done, um, I'm done with that. Oh, okay. We're done with that. <laughs> Simon, I can't hear. I couldn't even hear the sound effect. It's no fun if I can't hear it. Did you turn it down on me? Simon's a producer oh. here in charge oh, okay. of the, the sound. Hold on a sec. Let me just check it. In. Oh, that's, that's better. We have a gong here. Perfect. <laughs> okay. We were talking about uh, predictions. Okay. And I was talking about, you know, I was checking out my droid, um, just checking to see what the market was doing. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, in the little news section, <laughs> it, it said top 10 best rated U.S listed Chinese stocks and I was like, oh that's interesting. And the article was posted from China Analyst. I don't I don't know who that is or how that winds up on the news feed about under just checking the S and P to see where it was at. But I do see these headlines a lot and right. so it was hey these are um again these are these are based on the number of positive ratings by brokerage analysts. And so the number one they have China Automotive Systems and it said is the first best-rated stock in this segment of the market. It is rated positively 
by 100% of the six brokerage analysts covering it. Wow. So all six brokerage analysts, and I don't have an exhaustive report here, so I can't doesn't say who they are. I think they want you to subscribe. Hey, can I ask you, when, when, yes. the, when was this email recommendation made? When, when did you receive this? Uh, well, let me check the... Um, the date on this was June 6th. was Monday. Oh, okay. So very recently. Yeah, on this one. Gotcha. At least the one I found now, because I had to go back online and look in the Google thing and kind of search under Chinese analyst. and It very well could have been a slightly different Articulable. All right. Uh, is there any relevance to that question? Well, I wanted to see what time period. Oh, okay. If it was, hey, Dubai, you know, now, but to see what email was received a couple of months ago. Uh, and then we have a, a little while to look at the subsequent performance. Well, they have a whole list here. So, like, on June f- uh, 4th, daily top 10 stock rankings. Um, so, it, it very well could have been that one because it could have been from last week. Um it says best rated S and P stocks. That might have been the one, actually, Ethan. All right. Best rated S and P stocks, highest upside. Um, let me just click on the highest. This table ranks stocks in the S and P 500 based on potential upside. This is it, actually. Uh, the concept's still the same, but it says the difference between Wall Street analysts' average target price and the current price of a stock. And so, for example, this company, the number one is, they have listed here is Massey Energy Company. Ticker is MEE. And it says the upside, 25,738%. Um, that's pretty impressive. Now, wow. Susie Orman, she's saying the market's only going to do 4%, and that's over the long, the long run. Wow. Now, how can you... This is phenomenal. Twenty some thousand, twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand percent. Yeah, that's <laughs> wacky, wild stuff. That is pretty crazy. Keep in mind, year to date, it's down a hundred percent. It says. Um, so I don't know how that works. Year to date change. It says negative one hundred percent. Yeah, it looks like it's not trading mm. anymore. The target average target price is sixty four dollars and sixty cents. The current price is twenty five cents. So they're just rounding. Um, I that's confusing. Number two is Monster Worldwide Inc. All right, and um, its current price. Well, on the date of this little article, thirteen point two three, and the year-to-date change happens to be down forty-four percent. And um, so, anywho's it's it's trading at thirteen twenty-three, but the average target price is twenty-two oh four. So I thought I'd print these, you know, and. What do you think a reasonable time period is here for this? If you're buying them, does that mean someday, or is it a 12-month price target? Uh, that seems really... reasonable. 12 months, I'd think a year would be okay. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll just put this in here, and this one's from a different page. It's not China China Analyst, it looks like. It's a different page. Um. But I guess there's just really no restriction on kind of putting these kind of websites together. How they get into the major, like, news feeds that Google or whatever put on their finance site or kind of surprised me. But Yeah, I'm with you on that. Anywho's, it's we'll put it in there, and um, we'll see how accurate these are. Okay. Um, I have some uh, similar things. I just uh, happened to come across some 
I would love to. Some Jim Cramer predictions. Oh, yeah, you know I like him. Uh, so uh, he, in one of these predictions... Let me get my Jim Cramer sound effects. Y- you have a Jim now, Cramer sound effect? Tell me effect? if this one sounds familiar from earlier. It's like a very angry baboon or monkey or something. Well, if I take that and I start having... Is there any noises of people throwing things? Mm, no. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so this article uh, was... I think it's on MSN. Kramer's top 10 Dow stocks for 2001, and then he also has a an evaluation of 30 S&P stocks. Oh, boy. Uh, which I, I've, I've secured here. And uh, he's he's saying that these are the things to own for this year. So Yeah, what's he saying? I can hear him. Well, And this was made okay, back in the December 2010, so it's the looking forward to the current year, 2011. Um, and he has, uh, well, the top 10 here, anywhere, or I can name a few of them, Alcoa, Bank of America, are on there, uh, Boeing, uh, Caterpillar, Chevron, and uh, I'll get you some more here in just a second. Uh, Coca-Cola's on this list, uh, Home Depot, uh, JP Morgan Chase, 3M and Verizon looks like that rounds out the top ten. Okay. Um, so what we're going to do is put these in the vault too, and uh, at the end of the year here we'll take a look at these and see how they have performed relative to the market in general. Well, that sounds pretty I good. Can, I can tell you my evaluation so far, it's really... It's about similar. I mean, you got some above the market, you got some below the market, and here I'm using the Dow as the. What is? Hang on. What? Is this gonna? Is are these things gonna survive? I'm not sure. All right. So we'll ha- half or above, roughly half or below currently. So right now that's not so not so great. But we'll come through at the end of the year and take an evaluation and inventory. All right. Things. Print that out. PDF yeah. that. I got it to all of us right here. Okay. Good. Including our producer. Well, that sounds pretty good. Well, Ethan, that 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 brings me to uh, another topic here. All right, let's have it. Say, you got a couple minutes. Well, this idea of these stock lists or being, should we get out of the market, you know, or yeah. not, and and you know, have, have the fundamental principles um, that research and science has shown us that we should, you know, hey, there there, we should treat this as an investment decision and we should take a very rational approach to it but i wanted to open this discussion up and ask you some things okay uh, kind of a client question um segment i guess you could say um and and so here's the question let me let me try to spit this out if um should a person be out there picking these things on their own um and you know it, the different ways that somebody can can get investment management or advice i thought we could just talk about that for a minute all right um because it's not what gets talked about a lot but yet it's the most important decision that anyone will ever make not what's going on day to day in the market news and media and all the noise that goes on but actual real important stuff right so i see commercials constantly you know you can't open a web page you can't watch tv without discount brokerage companies sure sure um and we'll start with them advertising something about you know some kind of active trading software program or yep some kind of hey we really do care even though we don't care but we do care but maybe we do the other guys don't care you know you see all that kind of stuff and talk to a retirement guy our special rollover specialist and yeah yeah all the stuff when you're kind of on this side of the fence you go well this doesn't make any sense, right? But but what do you? Th- let's start with, you know, why why shouldn't I 
just go out and kind of pick my own stocks or mutual funds. Is that is that a good approach? And avoid all that stuff. Right. Well, assuming that you, the, the the goal of the of, of the investing is to grow your portfolio, you know, to have a, a, a positive experience, i.e., get returns over time. Um, the things that I've seen in terms of the research uh, would would indicate that probably isn't the best choice. Aye. Right. I mean, uh, we we look at we, we've seen numerous studies. Uh, mo- probably most references the Dalbar study uh, that shows that individuals don't don't get even benchmark performance typically. Right. And this isn't just, you know, hey, one in one year that individual investors had a bad year. Now, they have they've tracked individual investors for over 20 years now. And uh, collectively for that entire period, they've well underperformed even just the basic indexes out there. Um, and they do this. Can you probably know more, more about how they, they track it? But the bottom line is that um, they don't do don't do particularly well. And uh, that may not be very convincing to most folks because most folks have the tendency to think that they're special in a way and that, hey, well, that, those general tendencies don't apply to me. So therefore, I'm going to make a different decision, even though the overwhelming evidence shows that, boy, properly measured performance with individual investors isn't that great. Yeah. Well, and another way of measuring that has been the uh, study of the dollar-weighted returns versus time-weighted returns of mutual funds. That's a good point. we got to take a quick break, though, Ethan, then we'll finish up on this general overview of how a person should look at investing and managing their finances and getting help. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up-close-and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. We're in the last segment, and we're trying to talk about, we're trying, notice I say we're trying to talk about, how to make smart decisions around managing your investments 
and making financial planning or financial uh, related decisions. And it's just an, a, a giant minefield out there, in my view. Um, you know, the, 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 the large amount of opportunities to make poor decisions. Um, because traditionally, the way the whole investment world has worked, it wasn't about the clients making money as much as it was getting them to invest and move the velocity of money, moving in and out, generating commissions. Mm-hmm. Now that's been less, um, you know, with, with the technology bubble, it's it was for a while there, you weren't seeing the, the trading platforms. The commissions came down significantly. Um, but we're talking, Ethan, about is it a good idea to go out there and Try to do your own thing. Just pick stocks or buy mutual funds that you get off a Morningstar list or or even just buying index funds. Is that a great idea? Right, right. Um, and you were saying the results have shown that investors, they've been given access to an enormous amount of data and enormous freedom because they're not forced to go through the old traditional full, what we used to call full commission type of brokerage platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the Schwabs and... Fidelities and all these places that right. subsequently Scott trades and all these places where you can do business very cheaply. Mm-hmm. But the research has shown, and if you just Google, you'll find the research and some articles on this, but the research has shown that all that extra information and all the, the reduction in the trading costs has not improved the returns of the average investor, that most investors uh, underperform stock market indexes. And even those that are investing in index funds underperform markets because they don't stay in the, the, the you know, those index funds. They have a tendency to to change their allocation around dependent upon market news. Right, yeah. If you're not if you're not grounded in the, the reasons why you are owning a particular security, if you don't fully understand why I'm holding something, uh, you're you're bound to get cold feet at the wrong moment and end up selling out, right? Right. That's the the lack of discipline uh, that, that comes to comes to bear when markets get rough. Yeah. So the question is, okay, well, that's not a good idea. We don't recommend that people go out there and just randomly do it. You know, whether you want to get some help in most cases. Yeah, I mean, th- think about most most professions. I mean, if you, if I had a, a side job or something, I had a hobby about. You know, maybe I well, I have one. I I'm a, I like playing guitar in my off time once in a while. I'm not particularly good as Ken knows, uh, but I, I enjoy not it. Not too shabby. But I'm not trying to make a living playing guitar. No. So therefore, no, I you're not. It, I don't spend a lot of time doing it. I mean, you know, because I'm working most of the time. Right. But when I do, I, I enjoy it. But I, I don't. Isn't my main, you know, my main uh, source of income, as it were. So um, that's kind of like how most people ha- handle their finances, right? They're, they're the, they have a primary occupation. Maybe they're a doctor. Maybe they're a lawyer. Maybe they're a fireman. Maybe they're a police officer. Something like that. The majority of the time is not spent learning about investing. Right. And because of that, I think there's, you know, you're 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 not putting your best foot forward, your best likelihood of success by working with a professional. Well, and you have an enormous amount of emotion tied up with our money, which also tends to hinder things. And that's why True. doctors, I've talked to doctors before, and many of them, they they don't work on, they don't work with family members. Right. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but... I have. Uh, yeah. And there's a reason for that, right? There's a reason why they wouldn't administer things to themselves or work with close family members with their own children. And because the, na- suddenly the rational components of delivering medical uh, advice 
are, are, are tainted with the emotions of it. Right. Put that one down in, in your brochure, Ethan. The impartiality is gone on that yeah. instance. So, okay, you need to get help. Now, now, you're, in, now you're in a real situation. And how do you get that? And, and should, I mean, with the last few minutes, maybe we can come back to this next week, but I'd like to focus on should you get help where somebody pitches you an investment strategy um, where it's, hey, I have this mutual fund, or I have this managed account, or separate account, or I have this product um, that will create the solution to your investment need? Um, or should it be a situation where someone can sit down with you, develop a financial plan, have a bigger picture scope, maybe a certified financial planner, um, and marry a plan that's working outside of that with all of your investments, not just, well, here's a half a million dollars or $5,000, depending on where you're at in life, or $5 million, but that only represents a chunk of my money. You don't need to know what the rest of it's doing. Right, right. And I think investors do themselves a great disservice, this is my opinion, for whatever it's worth, by by treating their advisors as if they were just... Um, you know, hey, you don't need to know about me. You don't need to know my personal situation. Just get me something hot. You know, I want something aggressive. I want something conservative. I want something this or this for this little bucket of money. Uh, rather than, hey, let me identify a professional. It's kind of like, I don't know, if you, you go to the, we're using, we like to use these doctor analogies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know, it, it's nice to have somebody who can get a general sense of, everything that's going on in my life and I can share with them well what have I been eating have I been exercising I mean it'd just be kind of odd if I was like hey don't worry about all that kind of stuff don't worry about whether I smoke or not or what kind of personal stuff that Ethan's engaged in don't worry about any of that all <laughs> right. I know is give me some medicine you know, right, right. give me some pills quick because right. something hurts and I'm like well what is it that hurts Ethan well don't worry about it it just hurts <laughs> good analogy. We're having a little fun good, there, good but um, but anyway, I think you know. Go ahead, Ethan. How do you feel about that? Well, I feel the exact same way, although I don't have the colorful language to describe that. Uh, but uh, I think you're right. Make, making and in, in investment decisions uh, on an island doesn't make it doesn't make the best sense. I mean, how do you know what your allocation overall should be? I mean, what, right. what should your mix of risky assets versus non-risky assets be? Um, it, it depends on a lot of different factors. You know, what you need from that in terms of return, what you are willing to accept in terms of risk, what you can emotionally handle in terms of risk. Um, other factors, hey, when, do you have pensions? Do you have Social Security? How are all those things laying, layer, layering over your overall financial plan? And then how, how do they impact the allocation that you're right. going to be using with the portfolio? Those are all big questions, and those, those require some, some answers, right? And it takes time to do all that, but it's well worth, a, well worth it in my view. Yeah, I, I really think you have to be open and honest, and you have to find somebody who can help you with all the different areas and who is, who almost, I would say, unwilling to give you advice without under, understanding. It's almost a, um, what's, the, what's the word when you, when you don't uh, keep up with your duties or a, uh, a lapse of your... Of, Fiduciary of, stuff, you mean? Yeah, uh-huh. that... that uh, to be able to go well, okay, you want something aggressive? Here it is, you know. And and it's kind of like, oh, you're feeling a little depressed. Well, here's a gun, you know. Well, right. I don't know. I'd feel a little bad about that. 
I don't I don't know that that's great advice or great help or you know there are other alternative ways but uh, it's just my my view Ethan right we've got to take uh well not a break but a, a well I guess a break till next week because the, our time has run out all right I know you're having a good time but uh we've we've got to go Ethan <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Okay, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management